0: hello and welcome to the office no not that office my name is jake mathis not jim halpert sitting with me is not michael scott but jacob bomber
1: that went better than i thought it would good job
0: (laughs) it's because i wrote it down
1: (laughs) That is super helpful. He did say he was going to bring his iPad, but he brought his notebook to write on, and so I'm proud of him. Good job.
0: I'm a child at heart, so if I had an iPad, I would be playing probably Pong. Pong? Oh, it's not, I guess it's kind of like Pong. I'll explain it later. It's <laughs> you a little don't brick ball to. game. It's pretty fun.
1: And as we are now in episode two of our reboot, we have the pleasure of having our first guest, although he has been on the pod. Two times in the past, I don't really like that I just said pod. It just came out. Yeah, that's me definitely trademarked by I Pat hate McAfee. That, that just happened, so it is now his third time on the podcast with us, sir. Who are you? I am Khalil Mead. Thank you guys for having me for the third time. We are very excited. So again, our format is we are each bringing one topic, one big thing to the table. We're actually at one table together, so we're bringing one thing to the table to talk about. And I'm going to go first this week. So my thing that i am going to talk about is a combination of humility and compassion so the Mm. ideas so as opposed to like an event or a topic or whatever this is kind of an ideology type of deal but it's based kind of on an event and a couple things that have happened recently so this story starts back in february of 2022 I was prepared earlier, but my phone is in my pocket, but I have recovered it, and here we go, because I had to take a couple screenshots of what happened. So if you'll remember, kind of early on in 2022, Wordle was the biggest thing, (laughs) and there are still people that play it, and I applaud them, because as soon as I had a streak end at 99, I was very depressed, (laughs) and then I had another streak get to, like I think, the upper 60s or 70s, and then I forgot one day. And then I just stopped playing because it was super depressing. So that doesn't matter towards the story. What does matter is I kind of took Wordle a little seriously back then. And so there were some awesome tweets about Wordle that would happen pretty regularly. People just commenting on it or whatever. There were a lot of things going on. And so there, if you know, there was an easy mode and a hard mode. We remember this. Some I people, did not know there okay, was a hard-mode so Wordle because it oh, oh, was my. hard
0: for me. Okay. I'll be, I'm going
2: to be fair, though. I played less Wordle than anybody.
1: <laughs> so, well, I thought it was already
0: hard. What? So
1: the difference between normal Wordle and hard Wordle is that on hard mode, whatever letter you got right, whether it was in the word or whether it was in the right spot, you had to use it, which is a normal strategy for most people. They didn't even think about that being Hard mode, like if I got a letter, I want to keep using it so I get closer to solving yeah. the puzzle. Mm. So most people didn't even realize because that's just what they were doing.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, easy mode is you could do whatever you wanted every single word, and there were multiple, or every single try. There were multiple people who developed strategies where you could use, I think, 25 of the 26 letters within five guesses to know exactly which letters were in it no matter what. And then you could guess the word from there. There are a couple different strategies. But doing that means that when you got a letter right, you could just not use it the next time. So I was critical of people who do that because I felt like that was not necessarily cheating but definitely not living up to the honor of the game. And I felt kind of strongly about that. So I tweeted about it (laughs) and I said – This is crazy. This is what
0: he feels strong about right now.
1: (laughs) It's what I felt strong about in February. (laughs) The story will explain. So I tweeted on February 8th, if you've been playing Wordle for longer than five days and aren't playing it on the hard setting, aka must use green letters as properly placed on all remaining guesses and the yellow ones, I didn't fully explain everything in the tweet. But anyway, you heard me explain hard. So if if you aren't playing it on the hard setting, then I don't respect your gameplay strategies. I went I went hard on that. So that's what I posted. Well, one of my friends replied to that tweet the next day, And he said, don't gatekeep my little dose of serotonin. (laughs) I didn't play backyard baseball on T-Ball difficulty for the challenge. I did it for the dingers. (laughs) To which I'm not somebody that played backyard baseball growing up. I'm not sure why because I feel like almost everybody my age, I think it was a slightly younger thing than me. Mm. So I think because I'm I'm a couple years older than him. Actually, I think I'm several years, years older than him. So. I think that's like a late 20s generation that grew up playing backyard baseball. Yeah, mean Pablo Sanchez. Yeah. So, like, I get the reference because people talk about it. I just never played it myself, but it's still – the sentiment was really funny. But the phrase, don't gatekeep my little dose of serotonin, <laughs> serotonin. is so yeah. good. <laughs> and I had to think about it and think, you know what? He enjoys playing it the way he plays it. Mm-hmm. Who am I to mess with that? Why – Why is it so important to me that I have to criticize what's happening? So that resonated with me for a bit. So fast forward three months. So now we're in May, and I tweet this. I quote tweet what he said. I quote tweet his tweet. And I say, I still think about this tweet almost daily, three months later, almost daily, especially if I want to criticize how people enjoy things. Let people be happy, trying to commit to it more. Because I do that. I wouldn't say I do it a lot. But I'm definitely somebody who, you know, if somebody's doing something a certain way or watching something a certain way, (laughs) it's very easy for me to be like, you are not doing this correctly. This is the better way to do this. But who am I? Like, I don't like when people tell me how to enjoy something. Let me enjoy, you know, Katrina Kurtz. When she goes to read a book, she likes to read the ending. She likes to know what's coming so mm-hmm. that like she's prepared and like can before, make some of the yeah before she reads the end before she can't do that i think before like first like first yeah wow. she re- yeah blows my mind cuz that to me ruins it yeah if i knew how books ended and like was leading up i love waiting to see what happens yeah. that's part yeah. of the it's magic part of what makes for the me that, so, yeah,
0: that's yeah. literally ian googling one tree hill spoilers and then telling me a spoiler that I did not know and partly ruining the series for me.
1: That's so sad.
2: And then b- like before that, like, promising you that he's not
1: going to ruin it for you. Oh, always. Yeah. That's not great. So just things like that, right? So she says this, and I go, that's terrible. This is not okay. You don't, You're ruining the experience for you. But what do I know? That's her experience. If that's what brings her joy, then I should let her have the joy, you know? So just in that thought process of it's very easy for me to think that things revolve around me or that I'm very important or that I'm smart and have a lot of the right information. So if you do things the way I do them or the way I think you should do them, then you'll be better off, but I'm me and they're them. And that doesn't necessarily align with that, right? So there's this level of humility that has to occur where I have to understand I'm not the most enlightened person in the world. I have to let myself – I don't have to think less of myself. I think that's something that a lot of people confuse with being humble and humility Mm -hmm. is – Self-deprecation. It's not bringing me down. I mean I am very good at self-deprecation. Anytime I play sports, I do a lot of good things in sports well, but I mess up stuff. And I focus on the ways I mess up. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I do it, I tell myself how much I suck and I'm trash and like I do that. And that's not good positive self-talk, but I don't say that believing it. It's just me getting that emotion out in that moment. Yeah. And in the next moment, I think I know how to complete that thing. I know how to complete that throw or that pass or make that shot. It's fine. I just had to be mad at myself for a moment, and now I'm moving on and going. There are some people that are bad at self-deprecation where it really brings them down and they suffer for it. So I am thankful that that is not me. But –
0: yeah, He'll humility. Out right now. <laughs> I, I did not realize this was an intervention. I, I,
1: I am doing a lot of hand motions, and since I am across the table from Jake, it probably looks like that I am he told, motioning, yes, he's <laughs> motioning at me. towards Jake. <laughs> that is not my intention. So so again, humility is not about me thinking I am bad at this and I have to bring myself down. It's recognizing other people are allowed to have their own thoughts. They're allowed to be praised and encouraged and and, you know, lift it up. And so I think that's a huge thing. And I'm going to end this. I have two quotes. One of them I just saw today. So that was super cool by um, Emmanuel Acho, who is a former football player who has become a huge voice in the social justice world. And he's on ESPN a lot as a football analyst, but as a social commentator. And he quoted this today um, in light of Recent events with Kyrie Irving and stuff we don't need to get into, but this was kind of on that side. And he said, I will offer this quote by Socrates, a man who many subscribe that founded our educational model. Quote, true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing at all. End quote. So again, Emmanuel Acho saying, and I would suggest and submit it's best we all operate out of a place of humility as opposed to arrogant and ignorant knowledge. Because it's very easy for me to think that I know stuff when I might know the wrong stuff or I might not actually have any of the information but think I have it. And now I'm doing harm. I'm making myself look dumb. I'm bringing somebody else down because I am ignorant in this thing. So in terms of humility, that, um, but also at youth group last night, compassion came up in my talk about building community. And my quote that this is what I'm ending my time with right now is from Mother Teresa. And she said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. And I think that's super profound. In it allows me to really think about the people around me that if like I am actually part of their group and they are part of me, like I am responsible for their well-being and they're responsible for my well-being. If I invest in people that way and they invest in me, it's much easier to lift them up and encourage them and give them attention and support them in what they're doing and much harder for me to think so highly of myself because if I remove myself from the situation or the community or from feeling the sense of belonging, then it's really easy for me to stand above and think, I am better than you. I know more than you. I can separate myself in this way. So... I just those are the thoughts I have this week about humility and compassion and how we would all do better to remember that we're all in this together. So let's all lift each other up in that.
0: Before we move on to the next thing, I wanna I wanna ask a question to the room. What what are some things that you gatekeep? <laughs> you brought that up. I was thinking like what are some things that you guys gatekeep?
2: I already know what I'm gonna say. Then you can go first. Music opinions. Mm. I very well, I, I don't want to say like I gatekeep really hard. No, you know what? I'm going to full commit. I definitely gatekeep. (laughs) And I resonated with a lot of what you said, Bomber, because this is actually a joke that me and my brother have that's kind of like escalated beyond a joke where I think we've joked about it so often that we kind of do believe it. (laughs) Where sometimes we're like, yeah, everyone has their own opinion, but we can't argue that some people's opinions are just bad. Right. And Fair. like, yeah, I think it's like in some you can you can take that to a certain extent, but really, when it really comes to music, I think that's where we take it the absolute furthest, right? Because I'm the type of person who, I know I'm into a lot of different various genres of music, and I'm the type of person who, when I find something I really like, I go all in on it. Like I want to know who's the artist, I want to know yeah. all the samples they used, I want to know who are the people that inspired them, right? And I feel like I'm also able to. T- Just because I did a business degree, I guess. I'm just very business-minded. I like to see things very analytically. So I'll try to come up with objective reasons why so is better than so. So if somebody comes to me and says, like, I think, like, Watermelon Sugar High by Harry Styles is, like, the best song of the century. I'm going to sit there with an eyebrow raised, ready to give them a full analysis <laughs> of why that song is absolutely garbage. <laughs> <compared> to, Hot <laughs> to take
0: else. alert. Yeah, no. Sorry, Harry, if you're listening.
2: <laughs> but I'm saying I resonate with what you're saying, because at the same time, like, I also understand objectively, people like music that they find the most relatable. Mm-hmm. They like music that speaks to them. Um, and in general, people just... People get different sort of – or I guess to be more scientific, people get serotonin from just different things. Like you could even break it down to just a like a hormonal level, right? Yeah. And so I'm saying I understand. There's, there's no reason for me to be like your taste in music is bad because it's nothing close to what I listen to. But I still definitely have to remind myself sometimes.
1: Because it's funny because music can be such an objective thing where – In the same way beauty is in the the eye of the beholder, right? I Mm -hmm. can look at something and think it's amazing and you can look at something and think it's trash, but that's just based on our experience, our preferences, all this, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. In the same way that like taste in movies, like Mm -hmm. I know what a bad movie is, I think. I know what a good movie is, but I can like bad movies and dislike good movies. Mm -hmm. But there's also a subjective part to it where – There really is an art and process to creating music. Right. And there really is an art and process to creating movies and, you know, extrapolate that to any genre of whatever. Yeah. That you can, you can, I don't even know if I used objectively and subjective correctly. Somebody's going to, whatever. I'm following. There's an actual system where you can say, this is good music because of the time signatures and the rises and falls and how it moves through lyricism, like all of that plays a role in that in the same way that a bad piece of music can just Mm be a copy of the next thing. It's very systematic and that's not creative or high quality. And, you know, so I innovate at all.
2: Yeah, no, that's definitely something that I've been more of like more aware of in the past Which actually, like, another small thing to bring up is um, I think another thing that I really like to talk about is around, like, the holiday season when Spotify Wrapped comes out. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of let people post their Spotify Wrapped. Yes. Like, just let people post it, right? Because, you know, the first couple weeks come around, everybody posts their little Spotify Wrapped on Instagram. And then as the normal meme cycle goes a couple weeks in – the mean people who start coming forward saying, like, oh, no one cares about your Spotify rap, because now that's the cool thing to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, relax. Okay. I
1: care about all yeah. of your Spotify yeah. raps. I want to know what I'm missing
0: out on, or exactly. I want to know what interests Exactly. It. As, I want to
2: talk about what you enjoy, I want to see what your passions are, yeah. and I want to possibly find new music. Relax, let people enjoy As enjoy. As someone who yeah.
0: doesn't listen to Spotify, I hate it. <laughs> I don't care about your raps. I don't care about... Uh, mcdonald's rap like i don't care okay. about raps
2: but you use apple music
0: so i do i think but i also know. don't listen to music often yeah I, oh no i hit the mic the only time i ever listen to music is if i'm like doing something quickly at work and i need the i wouldn't even call it serotonin because i don't really get much of that but like just the energy level i guess is that technically what's. i guess that's serotonin
1: kinda, is the thing that kind of makes you happy the, right yeah, 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 it yeah it creates yeah, the positive happening. feelings I used to gatekeep sports hardcore. If people mm-hmm. were like, I'm a so-and-so fan, I'd be like, oh, yeah, name their 1993 <laughs> roster. You know? Dude, I can't imagine like,
2: challenging you on that. Oh, <laughs>
1: Fifteen years ago, I was a nightmare. Like, you mm-hmm. did not want to come at me because I knew everything about everything. But that's lessened so I much now because I don't just sit in my room watching sports, reading about sports, intaking sports constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, I was playing Madden so much, I could name the starting offensive line of, like, every team just mm-hmm. because that was a thing. I don't know anything anymore, but people still are like, you know so much, blah, blah. I go, I know a lot of things pre-2004. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can Yikes. I can go back pre-2004 and give you a ton of information about Super Bowls and World Series and basketball and all this stuff back then. Stuff that has happened recently, I got nothing. I have very little. So that's just – I don't know what I currently gatekeep. I'll let you tell me when you're around me at some point.
0: I, I gatekeep sauces. Um that i if you sit down if you're above let me refer it. if you're above the age of 10 you look me in the eyes and tell me that ketchup is your favorite sauce you are wrong and there's no other argument it we have this like we had a heated debate deb- <laughs> beat we had a heated debate about this where it, you're just wrong like i i, I hate that game man um, you, you can but like Sauces yes, you like can't keep that hard. Ketchup, you can't come and tell me that that's the best sauce. Okay. Ranch, I understand a little bit better. I, I personally do not like ranch. I think ranch can go along with really good things like vegetables. I'm writing down vegetables. I, I think I don't know why my notes are really random today, but um <laughs> the vegetables are are fine. Like if you have a vegetable tray and dip it in a ranch, that's okay. But I am not gonna sit here and watch somebody dip like a hamburger in ranch dressing. Nah. You dip it in barbecue sauce. The one true sauce.
1: I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. <laughs> Jake, what is your thing?
0: Oh, you want to go right to my thing? Uh, yeah, we are th- already... We got to go, man. I you like know, how ahead. I, I
2: like, looked at my I was like, yeah, we're not getting into this. Right. My, nah, my th- thing... <laughs> uh, Quick I have, reactions
1: and then move.
0: I have a few stories from this last week or my few things. Uh, one was me. I... So the first time... I've ever used a toaster oven will also be the last time I ever use a toaster oven. (laughs) They're so useful. I did not know that. But what I didn't realize, yes, my hand was not responsible. Well, really, the person who used the toaster oven before me and didn't tell me that they used the toaster oven before me was responsible. I pulled open the thing to put some bread into like some um cinnamon swirl bread, and you're supposed to warm it up to make it taste good. It was pretty good not warmed up, and but my boss was saying next to me, and she's like, "Hey, yeah, you should heat it up. It tastes really good." I was like, okay, so I w- went to put it in there, and I like put the bread down real fast, and because I was scared, because maybe it was hot, which I should have like processed. It was in fact hot, and I hit the top of the 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 machine, and like, and. It hit the top of my finger, and it burned it so bad that it blistered almost instantly. I go, mm, this is not good. Key,
1: how did you react to burning your finger? What was the first thing you did?
0: I pulled it back, and I held my tongue instead of saying bad words. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> what did you some... do
1: to help? Oh, I
0: put it under cold water.
1: Oh, okay. That is the wrong thing to do. Are really? you going to tell me to put butter? No. Because my mom to tell once told me that,
0: and that was the worst I'm thing. You just... Your
1: hand just experienced an extreme temperature. And putting it under cold water, it is now experiencing another extreme temperature. So oh, you that's want to put bad. it under lukewarm to warm water to help the nerves and things kind of figure themselves out again. Cause when it goes under cold. Now your nerves are freaking out the other way and it doesn't know what to do. To be fair, that was my waters? less than scientific explanation <laughs> of something that somebody has told me. I have not researched that, so I'm just throwing that out there.
0: Information the, it, <laughs> I mean to be fair, the water wasn't that cold, so maybe I was doing the right thing. It was kind of lukewarmish coldish. Like it wasn't but it wasn't cold. Just though. I've had people like put an ice cube on
1: a burn and oh, I'm no, like, that, now that, you're that just sounds giving dumb. it a yeah. freeze burn. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I is... so I burned it, I held my tongue before saying bad words. And I looked at it, and I closed it, and I said, I am never using you again. While my bread was still in there, so I really needed someone to grid it out for me. I did. Um, very nice old woman. Not, I shouldn't have said old. A very nice, experienced woman got it out for me. Uh, shout out, Miss Terry. Um, wow.
1: <laughs> you could have just left it, and no one would have known who you were talking about. No, no. She'll be fine with it. She'll laugh. Well, she, I think she listens because she, she likes our posts. Yeah, shout she'll, out, she'll Miss Terry. Miss Terry the
0: greatest, by the way. Uh, she is um, – Community, the, the camp grandma, she enjoys that, and she really is. Actually go, next uh, Let's So, go. okay. Yeah, wait, keep this um, moving. And then I want to talk about – oh, wait. Quick shout-out, Lauren Edwards, um, because <laughs> you tried to jump me at Halloween and because I didn't give you a shout-out for some reason you thought I des- you deserved it. <laughs> Lauren was so mad when <laughs> a I shout went out over for to that?
1: the house on Sunday.
0: Oh. oh, yeah. When I saw her on Monday, she like was like, why didn't you shout me out? I was an important part of your life. I'm like – Sure, but uh, it wasn't really an important part to say. Grace so, also
1: still hates you.
0: That's fair. I did almost throw her pencil out of the car. Almost. You didn't actually do it. I know, which is crazy for someone to hate me, but it's okay. <laughs> it's, I think it's a great story. Um, I'm going to say Caleb's name just so he doesn't get mad. and get uh, Caleb, yep. Mariah, Kyle, <laughs> who else? <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Um, I want to talk about – Um, did we talk about Halloween last week? No. Okay, cool. Let's talk about Halloween real quick um i really enjoyed halloween this year we had a good time with our friends but more importantly on well that wasn't more important they're both really fun and good times but we had an event at our church and we've been doing a lot of new events and we've been trying to connect with the church and the school a little bit better and we've been doing these fun things like we've had some two summer barbecues that have been fantastic so far and now we did a trunk or treat which i have no idea what trunk or treat was but it was so much fun we uh my friend ian and i you guys know ian uh not part of the boys anymore, Ian. Um we we set up our we set up the trunk of his car and we made it to like a western theme, so he went and bought like this uh like plastic sheet and it had a barn on it and like these <laughs> these cardboard animal pop ups and they all had party hats on it we're like, why do they have party hats? We wanted to know the backstory, but they didn't give us any. Did you
1: find any hay that was we did, we
0: went and we bought hay for, or he went and bought hay from the really big red barn place over on Lakewood Boulevard. I think it's on Lakewood. I don't know, but it's this really big hay store. Not hay store. Well, technically, what we bought was not hay. It's straw. But every oh, yeah. time you look at it, you think, that's hay. Yep. But no, it's straw.
2: I never
1: knew there was a difference.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I don't care to know the
1: difference. I believe but. hay is edible <laughs> and straw is not.
0: Oh. Well, I was chewing on it for a while. Uh, I was a redneck, so of course I was chewing on it. And people looked at me and they're like, "Is this what you look like when you're not at work?" I like, go, oh, "Definitely not. If you know me, I am not dressed like this." I am. <laughs> Who was like, like,
1: asking you that?
0: Some of the moms would just walk up to me, and then I—I I had a mo- okay. So I shaved over the weekend also, which is a crazy thing because I missed my beard. It looked good. Now this does not look good.
1: He is in the trenches of No Shave November. You should I follow am. him on Snapchat for yeah, the updates.
0: Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Every day oh, I, yeah. I post a selfie, and I'm gonna post it until. Maybe December first. And then maybe I'll keep going. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a full year of just selfies with my face. Um I had a friend who did that. Um so we we were doing the trunk or treat thing and I had this mustache and they were just like, Is this how you normally look? I go, No, not at all. I had a mustaches do not work for me. Um, but do we had you a normally go- look
1: like somebody I should not be approaching right now? Um,
0: so before that, even I had that a goat, I had the goatee, <laughs> I had the goatee, I did a goatee at first for our friend, uh, Halloween party. And I looked at the mirror when I got home and I go, I cannot go to work like this or else I'm going to get arrested. Like, sure. They know who I am, but no, but now I'm completely like clean shaven. No, I'm not actually, it's growing out nicely. Um. But, like, Halloween was fun, and we're doing these fun things, and uh, I just really wanted to know, like, I, the best costume by far was this kid who had, like, an, like you know the inflatable dinosaur costumes? Yeah. Well, his was the Indominus Rex from Jurassic Park, but he's also, like, two feet tall. No, he's not. He's probably, like, three feet tall. Well, maybe. Nah, definitely not four yet. Three feet tall. But he's just, just giant things running across the playground, like, back and forth, and it was incredible. So I kind of wanted to know. What was some of your best costumes as a kid?
1: I have almost no recollection of things I did as a child, well, so I do not know what I dressed up as as a kid. I do remember going to high school one Halloween as a homeless person, which was <laughs> just a terrible choice. <laughs> I, I don't remember if I put holes in my shirt or what, but I definitely went into my fireplace and got like ashes out of the fireplace no. and put it like <laughs> rubbed it on oh, my God. cheek and on my arm and stuff. And I was at school, and people were like, I'm not sure that was the decision to make. And I was like, well, I'm here, and we're just going to deal. So that was a bad one.
0: That is probably the best option you could have said, though. That's so funny.
2: I'm you- so glad I didn't. My parents didn't ever really celebrate Halloween, so I, I feel like I got spared a lot of
1: that. I, you experienced a couple of years ago when I was a, uh, whatchamacallit? A, a lumberjack. Yeah, a lumberjack. Boy, I could not think of the word. Had some good... Uh, red plaid, whatever, mm-hmm. and grew out my beard for the second time in my life, and was on a beanie, and the legitimately game. brought a real axe into the bowling alley, and
0: yeah, <laughs> you probably shouldn't have brought. Well, an axe. they kept they, especially it, also around high school. They kept it, it, it at it, the front desk. They, oh. they, they, they checked it. They, they yeah, checked it back. You said, said, mm-hmm. can't do that.
1: I said it's got the rubber thing on it. It's fine. And they're like, no. I said, yeah, you're probably right. Did you plan like well in advance about the about the beard? So it was. I had made a decision to do No Shave November. Um, actually, I don't remember why I did it. I was growing it out in September. I got lazy, got, uh, like a week in October and thought, you know what, let's just go and see what happens. And maybe I'll just keep growing it through. Mm-hmm. Like I won't even shave. I'll just keep growing it through no through no shave November and see what happens. Yeah. And by the time like October 26th came around, I hated my life. I hate having long facial <laughs> Dude, hair. It looks good I felt good, like though. I had to comb it. It was so itchy all the time, like the beard oils. Oh, it was it's awful. Like that, yeah. So we we had like we had a youth group night and we had the bowling night. And I, I'm pretty sure I shaved before actual Halloween. My <laughs> <Like I was>, gosh, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I thought, no. I fulfilled my costume. Did we do? I first? think it was that on Wednesday actual A-Hole. Halloween. Halloween.
0: I think it was – we both <laughs> went to go look for it. It was posts synchronized it. and it was But, yeah, I'm 99% crazy. sure we had it on actual Halloween. And I remember that. That was a good year. I'm pretty sure that was the year Kenny was in a ghillie suit. He's in a ghillie suit a lot. <laughs> Not is, friend of the that show. That is true. On <laughs> <it. but> Kenny <laughs> is
2: in a ghillie suit a lot. It is. It's I, very I, effective. We
0: should have brought it to camp. Um, very effective. Well, my, one of my best costumes – hands down, has been Jake from State Farm. I wore it for all four years of high school, and people would look at me. I had teachers my freshman year go, oh, you're the Jake from State Farm. I go, yeah. And in my senior year, I had my English teacher, and he goes, wait, I know who you are. And I go, really? And like, is that a bad thing? He goes, no, you're the Jake from State Farm kid. I go, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be known as the thing, like, that's tight. You're a legacy. You're a legend, I should say. That must have been nice.
2: See, like, I, I effectively dressed as Steve Urkel, but it doesn't help that I'm like 6'3", like 230 pounds, and I have cornrows. <laughs> like, not exactly a spitting exactly. image. Really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like if I told you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what you are. But I look like a strange aberration of that. I think you should bring up Stater Brothers. Oh. I thought about it. But I actively chose not to. Mm. I think you should talk about it.
0: At Stater Brothers, Khalil and I went in because we were supposed to bring food to the the Halloween party, and neither one of us were like, ah, we're not cooking. Well, I tried. I was going to cook, but I couldn't find one of the ingredients, and I went like I tried to get it from two different stores, and they both said no. I said, cool, so I'm not getting it. Um, so I went in and got a fruit platter. Shout out fruit platters. Everyone likes them. I didn't eat a single piece, but a lot of people did because why would I eat fruit when there was chocolate? Um... <laughs> We we go stand we go about to go in line and Khalil looks at me and goes Jake we can't go in this line and I go why and he goes the cashier's really pretty and I, like, I go why would that be an issue and then I remember what I look like and what he looks like and I go yeah you're right and so then instead we went to the next line over and the two girls checking out were incredibly pretty <laughs> and they both look at us and like they both like kind of laugh to themselves and I just like nod my head and I go yeah. This is this is what yeah, happens every time. She looked at me and said hi, and I was just like, hi. <laughs> just a few like, hey, yeah. Damn. I don't normally look like this. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: think, I think it's also like the combination of oh, the we two were. of us.
0: And it was funny because we we also, on the drive to Seder Brothers, he played his music, which did not fit the vibe for what I look what like, and was. so people would look over at me and would not think of that, and then I played a song <laughs> that would, that, like, I played a really like country song to make because like my I'm like like Clue this song is what I'm basing myself off of and it was uh you know that you know Aaron Loops walkout song the the oh well, it was a, I do not it was a super country one talking about how redneck he is and that's what I listened to like I showed Clue this in the car and we accidentally listened to it twice and he goes wow this is a really long song I go well it's on twice he goes this should not be on twice yeah,
2: not not in my speakers man very selective gatekeeping you might say. <laughs> There. Good callback. Yeah.
0: There you go. All right, Cleo, what's I'm your thing? I'm back. AKC. What's
2: my thing? Um, I think I ended up giving my thing when I was talking about that Spotify thing, because what I talked or what I had thought about.
1: Were you talking about something just big that's happened? No, it can be whatever. I mean, the, whatever. mine wasn't about something big. It was just a uh, thought I had. Um,
2: I did not prepare anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what's been going on in the last couple of months? Uh, I started a new job. All right.
1: Jake did have a couple of questions he was willing to ask you, so if yeah. that helps guide and yes. it relates to the job thing, so
2: sure.
1: Your what your big thing could be Jake asking you and you talking.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah,
2: <laughs> let's, let's just use that as a segue.
0: Yeah. So That'll one of segue. one of the things that I kind of was wondering because I haven't personally done this, but so you've already mastered the transition between high school to college by mastering it I mean you lived rough for the first two years <laughs> and then great for the next um, what is the transition from not a lot of people talk about the big transition between your final year of college to your first year of actually working a real job and being a professional so like what are kind of the the struggles that you've kind of run into and the kind of more of the the, the good like also the good to finally be able to be in a job that means something
2: Okay, I'll start with the with the good. So, I think one of the one of the nicest transitions I had from finishing my undergrad degree into going pretty much right into the workforce, um, which I, I mean I had already been working part time for two years, but immediately starting a full time job so quickly after finishing my undergrad, it was nice to find that really quickly because I know people can struggle for a long time to even get callbacks. And, um, two, to even get a job in the industry that I'm in was pretty fantastic as well, but it was really nice to kind of feel like the plan that I had been on track for for so long was actually being realized. Mm-hmm. Like this is working out in a very, you know, ideal sort of way. And that just doesn't seem to happen for many people. So I was really thankful for that. Um, also just having like the freedom, which I'm going to speak a little bit more about what that actually means now, mm-hmm. but those couple months after graduating into just searching for jobs and having interviews left and right. Like it was kind of interesting cause it was more like throughout college. It kind of seems like a lot of it's just out of your control. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just kind of showing up at yep. this place at this time each day so that you get this paper. Right. And, um, after graduating, it's like, okay, now every step that I take now has like an almost immediate reaction into how I'm going to end up mm. later. So it was cool to say like, I can set up a plan, I can re-strategize whenever I need to, and I can effectively realize this goal that I actually had. So that was a really cool thing. It gives you, it gave me a lot of empowerment and just a lot of clarity and and confidence in how I actually, you know, live my life. Um, But I, I will say, like, to segue to kind of like the negative is that I think a big thing that a lot of college students talk about is just not having the time to do anything and so they think, oh, when I graduate, I won't have that anymore. But if your goal is to get a, a well-paying job immediately, well, there goes your time again. Yeah. Right? Like I was working part-time at UPS for two years. It was just afternoons from like 5 to 11. And I was, I mean, Jake remembers I was exhausted all the time mm-hmm. just because it's a very physical job. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you do your classes all day. For a little while, I was in track and field too. So I'd only have like maybe one, two hours to myself. And then I'd already be on the road and heading to the warehouse. I was really excited to get my afternoons back when I started this new job until I like really take it into perspective, like I'm working even longer now, obviously, yeah you know my entire day is busy, and you know I'm not and it sounds really strange because I know I'm young, but like that transition from like those couple years between eighteen and twenty two it's like you're just a different person mm-hmm. every single year. Your body feels different every single year, and even that sounds silly to some people, but it's the truth, like I know like now by the time it reaches six p m and I clock out. I have to make. I have one choice with what I'm going to do with my afternoon. I'm either going to, you know, maybe play some games, but what takes priority is like I got to get groceries in the house. Um, I got to maybe take care of what's going on with my car. My dad's been out for a couple months, so I've been taking care of the house. Um, Or am I just going to sleep because I'm already so tired because it's (laughs) 6 p.m. Because there's no way I'm staying up until like 12, you know. Yep. Um, But yeah, that's just the reality. I think the negative is like how quickly you're hit with. You're not a kid anymore, mm-hmm. you know. Like you have stuff to do, and if you sit around, you're not going to get anything out of it, you know. And it's it's it sounds like an obvious thing, but I know to – I guess I'm mainly speaking to those people who have not yet reached that transition. That's kind of the reality of
1: it. People can People can try to prepare you every step of the way and yeah. say, this is what this is going to be like. This is what this is going to be like. And you can take that all in and take it serious, yeah. and it still does not prepare mm-hmm. you for the actual for thing. The
2: actuality,
1: yeah. And that is usually most equated with marriage and parenthood, mm-hmm. because those are such huge leaps that change so much about life, because every priority is changed. Not that any of the three of us in this room know anything about either of those no. things. But <laughs> that idea just exists in life of like, wow, I... Like, UPS, you could have quit at any moment and... I mean, your lifestyle would have changed a little bit and things would have been a little harder or whatever, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't, you wouldn't have felt a certain loss or you would have had your still other schedule going on. Like if you didn't have this job, your life would be completely different. Yeah, And so, yeah. you know, that's just the prep of that. Like you have a legitimate position at a legitimate company doing legitimate things that yeah. you can see the the fruit of yeah immediately and that's you know an incredible thing to experience yeah and that is also something that people it's hard to prepare for so
2: and it's also scary at the same time because i think um uh, when you're working at like a like an agency or just i guess just most you know full companies is if i am not bringing value to this operation, there is no reason for them to keep paying me. Like -hmm. if I am not performing, I'm going to be let go, you know? And I think it's, it's very, it's very simple signing, but that is the truth. There is no safety net of, I'm just going to keep going to class every day. All right. Like I have bills that count on the money that I'm bringing in and I have to make sure that I'm actually progressing in this role and learning and not learning in the way that you, I did quotations for those of you that are listening. (laughs) Bad radio. (laughs) Um, but it's it's really actually about you know making sure you're you know teaching yourself profitable skills and actually taking initiative on the progression of your of your future mm-hmm.
0: yeah. what do you think the most so in your four years of business classes, what is the thing that you probably use daily that you learned daily um or not if maybe not, not daily but the most you would say
2: the most uh I think the thing I use the most is honestly strangely enough it's networking
1: Hmm.
2: yeah because a lot of people think that's just a buzzword that you hear especially in the business program you're like oh you don't want to be that one guy that always talks about networking all the time and you don't want to be that guy but you definitely want to be the guy that's good at it Mm -hmm. you know um a big thing has been learning how to talk to people and that's practicing even in not just like corporate occasions but even just with people around me Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um yeah, the business program definitely taught me how to communicate my thoughts a lot better. Um, and honestly, just how to, I guess, think before speaking. You know?
1: it's We paused because my dad is calling me. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and Khalil called that pre-show within like a couple minutes before we started. Khalil said, I'm going to get a phone call in the middle of this. And he did. So Khalil's a smart guy.
0: That's actually so funny.
1: In just piggybacking what you just said, the only things to learn in business that matter are communication and networking because there is no – like you, was your emphasis marketing? Uh, yeah,
2: actually, no. My emphasis originally was finance, real estate, and law. Okay. And then halfway through, I switched to management, human resources, and entrepreneurship.
1: So yeah. it – like – Business is an overarching thing, and so there are a lot of options within that. So Khalil just mentioned a couple. There's, yeah, human resource management. There's supply chain management. There's all these different, you know, uh, foreign business and stuff. There's so many different things under the business umbrella. But every single one of those things, you don't come out of the degree. I at least I felt this way, and you can say whether you agree or not. I didn't come out of those things. Feeling super confident in any single one of them. I felt confident in my ability to communicate, mm-hmm. to talk to people, to work with people, whether I liked them or I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like, That's I don't awesome. want to admit that, and I feel like I was pretty good at that before I took the program, but definitely. It just reemphasized that idea of like I have to rely on other people, but that's what happens in the business world. You have no choice but to rely on other people at times and to work with people who are miserable to work with, to know how to have people under you that need to perform at a certain level or that rile you up in some way, that people above you, you have to just learn how to acquiesce to their demands and whatnot and deal. There's all of the information. It's completely different than learning a science or a math or whatever you have to know that information that's not you don't pick up information in the doctor's room you don't pick up information as you're doing math research like that's not a thing that happens but in business you can literally just know how to talk and communicate and everything else falls into place falls into place yeah
2: i mean and it definitely you also have to learn how to like I think the most important thing that I learned from college, like outside of all the classes, is just how to critically think,
1: hmm.
2: how to write down what you think and make a coherent analysis about something. And I found that to be, like by, by every means, like the most important thing, the most important skill that I've actually picked up. Because even if I don't have the hard skills to do something, I know I have the mind and the hunger to do my research, make a game plan, and execute. And honestly, I find that just to be the most helpful thing.
1: Get a business degree, people. It's easy.
0: Mm, I don't know
2: about easy. Accounting
1: was a nightmare. I'm going to be <laughs> real. <laughs> Certain if aspects would, are not happen. great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bomber, you you brought up the word uh, This is going to be our last thought. You brought up the word aqueist or what would you say? Acquies. Aqueous. aqueous. I thought that that was the horse word. That's um, Equestrian? There we go. Those <laughs> words are the same to me. Please tell me what aqueous is.
1: Our sign-off is going to be – the only reason I know that word and use it somewhat often is because Elizabeth Swan in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie is on the Black Pearl and uh, – what is – I cannot think of the bad guy's name. Barbossa requests her presence and her statement is, I decline to acquiesce to that request. And it's her saying, I'm not going to abide, basically. I'm not going to do what he wants. To acquiesce is to, like, submit yourself to the thing. And so she says that. Barbosa also says it. So she actually says it ironically because he said it to her earlier. And so the re- it it being said twice, to have two, like, significant meanings it always has stuck with me. And I use it at random times. And that's it.
0: Watch a movie with Jacob Ballmer because he picks up on things that I would not have. <laughs> because there's no way I would have realized that.